Wings Up, a podcast about FAMU athletics, is here to talk about FAMU in a positive light, what's going on, and always keep you abreast as to the most up-to-date events related to FAMU athletics, whether it's football, basketball, tennis, or even FAMU golf. We're going to talk about it. We're going to bring it up to the light. We're going to share it so that you can brag and tell all your other friends in the swag that FAMU is the greatest school on this side of heaven. I'm Keith Hadley, and I am a graduate of Florida University, and I also run the FAMU Fifth Quarter on Twitter. Like the Twitter page, follow it, and make sure you share it with your friends so that they can keep up to date as to how great FAMU is, so that if they're not a Rattler, they can know their kids need to be. Greetings and salutations. Another episode of Fangs Up here, and glad to be able to speak to y'all on my voice and not do all that crazy stuff. I had to take some allergy medicine or something because that gravel was not cool on the YouTube. But um, we're going to talk about a few things. It's going to have a, probably a shorter show than normal. We're going to talk about FAMU baseball a little bit, FAMU women's basketball, and then we're going to go inside the den and talk about who's the man on the football team the top returning defensive lineman. Who are the guys that you definitely need to know about? And I got my ideas. You may have some different ones, and that's fair. If you do, I welcome your comments. Y'all know you can drop it into the DMs on Twitter. I definitely respond. Everyone who follows, I do send a thank you message saying, appreciate you for listening. But we're going to start off with baseball. And FAMU Baseball just had the... You could call it a recruiting camp, but we had a prospect camp and it's been getting hyped up for the past couple of weeks. Honestly, if you were to have followed the FQ family Twitter page, even the Fangs Up Twitter page, you would notice that I've been retweeting the stuff that the coach has been putting up there as far as related to the baseball program and the information that is going on up there because we're trying to get as many of these guys who can go to FAMU to come to FAMU as possible. And we only get that through recruiting. If we're not able to recruit talent onto the roster, then we're not going to be able to have a successful, successful program. That's just, I mean, that's just being honest. And we're able to see that FAMU had the prospect camp yesterday and it was hopefully a pretty solid uh, showing of talent and whatnot. It started at 8.30 a.m. yesterday, and it went for several hours. Uh started at 9 o'clock, so hopefully we're able to get those prospects in there. But more importantly, as a fan base, hopefully we're able to do a better job of supporting the baseball program. We saw where they got a new field, which was sorely needed. They've had a grass field for many years, but I don't know if you've gone to a FAMU baseball game, but sometimes the coaches were some of the people helping to manicure the the baseball field. And that's no longer a thing that allows the coaches to focus on coaching, focus on X's and O's or where whatever baseball strategy that they have as far as baseball shifts and things of that nature, which I can't say I noticed us doing a lot of shifts. I do notice that we do a lot of pitching changes during games and whatnot, but I can't say that, Oh, we, we do a shift here and shift there and move this guy based on, I can't say we do a lot of that. And that's not me saying that we don't do it. That's just me saying as a fan and from my perspective, I didn't notice we did a lot of it. But 
we need that. We we need to be able to support this baseball program. We saw where they now have locker room areas out there. Nobody's getting dressed in their cars. They now have batting cages and things that normal baseball programs have. It's it's a sad day when high schools have better baseball facilities than a university. That being said, for many years, high schools had better facilities in FAMU's baseball team. And we've seen a change take place. We've seen that things have gotten better in the last, really last decade. Like Honestly, since Coach Shoup has come there, FAMU's baseball program has become good. I mean, it wasn't good for a long time. And it's prior to him being there, FAMU was good for a minute. We had a nice little run, but not this kind of consistency. And we need to continue to support it. Otherwise, Coach Shoup's not going to want to stay there and players aren't aren't going to want to play here. It's a fun brand of baseball. The colors look good. Our baseball uniforms are pretty sharp. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm looking at the black uniform now. I like it. But I actually like the family baseball hat with the F and the A and the M. Like it's pretty it's pretty slick and it's a different look. I, I, I think that's something that we need to take advantage of. It's a place where we should continue to reward the coaching staff. You should reward winning. You should reward winners. It doesn't make sense to support losing products. I, I, I'm just, I'm here for, I'm just one of those people. And Coach Shoup has a winning product. For the longest time, Family Baseball didn't get any support because they weren't winning. And I don't think we were charging anything to go to the baseball games. They were free pretty much or darn near next to free. Like now you're charging a little something, maybe the baseball field and program could become more sustainable and with the long-term goal of renovating more kittles into a pretty decent baseball stadium i think that should be the the goal to have a nice grandstand area with some form of decent concession stand area and honestly it would be really nice to have that area be covered as a fan just even if it's 500 to a thousand seats having FAMU's baseball field covered from a spectator position or a spectator's point of view makes it a more enjoyable product and as a recruit when my parents are coming they're not beating the Florida heat they're just hey it's shaded it's covered if it rains they're covered it's if it's going to lightning sometimes it's Florida it's it just makes the product better and it makes it to where it's just a more tenable situation for if there's inclement weather or just when it's 100 degrees and when it's it's spring and summer baseball practice. Hey, let's go chill in the bleachers for a little bit. Talk to the players, things like that. It's it's just a good idea to me. Both baseball and softball should have areas within their facilities that are covered for for the spectators and family softball is very intimate very it's considering for what it is it's not that bad it ain't that it's not it's not fsu but it's a good it's a good place to catch a softball game you're really close to this to the uh fields and everything like that and of that nature i'm hoping we get some more of that i um and forgive me i haven't seen that the softball team is having a camp yet i think there's one coming up but Seeing the way FAMU softball has been this year, they're fairly aggressive and they are 
not backing down from trying to be a good program. Uh, the only my biggest critique for the FAMU softball and baseball team is I like to see us a little more on social media. I definitely like to see us utilize social media for recruiting as much as possible. I think during the season, softball probably did the best job as far as non-football. And honestly, I think between softball and men's basketball, those were the best teams as far as social media presence during the season because softball, we got to see the ladies cheering and talking and they're different things they did during the game to hype each other up. That's good. We need to see that as a fan base and as a potential recruiting base, they need to be able to see that FAMU is an excitable program. It's enjoyable. And it's a thing that I want to invest in because as a fan, and an alumni member and a member of the alumni association. Guess what? The marching 100 can have a little thing where they say, Hey, we need to raise some money. And I would do that next week if I'm the hundred. And it's like, y'all let's find some money. Like even in my house. Okay. Let me find 25, $30 because strike the iron wire is hot. Catch me while I'm feeling all gushy and good about the program. Like, like that, that's, that needs to happen. Because y'all just came back from Paris. You made the university look good. You're on Good Morning America. You're on all these different platforms. And they're saying how amazing FAMU is. Louis Vuitton. And I'm saying it all bougie like. I'm being bougie. But Louis Vuitton is up here showing the makeup process. And all the things that went into making the band look good. They have a special video just for the band. And it's like. Yo, go on and ask me for some money right quick. Like just, just, just go ahead and ask. It's okay. It's all right. I'm, you're winning. You're doing well. It's okay. I can break you off a little twenty, thirty dollars. Family baseball, same thing. Next couple weeks, I need Coach Shoop up here talking about the baseball program. I need him to say how many games the baseball team won, and I need him to say, hey, we need some facilities upgrades. Hey, this is nice, but this is this could be better. And it could just be him being greedy. That's cool. But guess what? Him saying we need this so that we can be a better program is going to help the program win. Because going going into last season where FAMU finished second in the Southwestern Athletic Conference in the Eastern Division. And overall, we finished second. We had the second best record. We only lost one game. Coach Simmons was out there saying, yo, we need some stuff. Even though we had some stuff. Hey, we need some muscle milk. We need this. We need that. We need this. We need that. And he leaned a little bit on the alumni and the sponsors to get it. And he got it. I need the same thing from the baseball program. I need Coach Sim- Coach Simmons to share his success with Coach Shoop, with Coach Henry, and to get that, that, that notification out there that FAMU Athletics needs your continued support. Whether it's monetarily, whether it's your time or your talent, FAMU needs you. And FAMU baseball, you're you're doing good. Keep the recruiting camps coming because that area around Tallahassee is a baseball-rich area. TCC has been producing great baseball talent for a long time, and everybody can't go to Florida State. They can't. So we got to be able to build up the program, but we also need Coach Shoop to say, hey, 
alumni, I need y'all to give some more money. Private donors, we need to find some of y'all to support this baseball program. Athletic director, incoming or potential, we need to find a way to get some corporate banners out here on the baseball field so that they can help me get enough money to get, to make this guy a full-time baseball coach. We're missing out on these opportunities, y'all. These are economic moments and economic opportunities that aren't taking place and aren't happening because part of it is we are missing an athletic director that is able to do all of that. No, no shade to the interim athletic director, but he's been thrown into this as it, literally at the last minute and he's jumping in and now he's trying to right the ship. And part of it is, let's be honest, the guy's interviewing for a job. Because if he does well, he might get the athletic director job. But if he does poorly, he sure as hell ain't going to get it. He's just going to be a, hey, can you fill the spot again for us? And I doubt he's getting a raise while he's being the interim athletic director. So what are we doing? I, I, I hate to go off on that kind of tangent, but we're speaking about baseball. We don't have a full-time assistant baseball coach as far as like pay-wise. That, that, that shouldn't happen. We, like that's those are areas where we're missing out and these baseball recruiting camps are going to be the ways that we get the talent now after we get the talent we need the corporate sponsors to come in not just alumni giving because you can keep asking me to give but there's only so much i can give as a lay person that's not making a meal like if, I, if i'm making a million dollars i'm only going to give so much but once you start getting corporations and other businesses involved now that's where things are winning because when you go to Dickhauser Stadium, they got the WCTV screen up there. They got the Mellow Mushroom thing up here. They got Jimmy John's up here. They got the pizza place up there. Like you're starting to see, I think Mellow Mushroom's down now because Mellow Mushrooms, I think they went out of business. But just giving examples of local businesses and non local businesses that are donating to Seminole Baseball and they still aren't, they still fired their coach. And got a new one because those sponsors are on their backs saying, I'm paying for this product. I'm paying so many thousand dollars a year. OK. And then on the flip side of that, if we're going to talk about continuing to grow the baseball program, we have to find a way to video these games, do a live stream. I just did a live stream on YouTube and it wasn't my best. I'm not going to lie to y'all. My, my voice is a little hoarse. And I realized, oh, crap, my allergies. I was talking. I'm like, I can't stop the live stream to take a flow naze. They're not sponsoring me, but I can't do that. Even though my allergies are acting up, I'm just going to suck it up, make it the short live that it is. We'll make it longer in the future. But I, I, I understand that there's a certain level of product that's supposed to be out here. Same thing for family baseball, but you got the live stream. It was live. It was video. We can do the same thing. I use StreamYard and they're not giving me a donation for this. FAMU Baseball can put a live stream up there, have somebody standing behind the plate or sitting behind the plate, have one of the students from journalism do it. Hey, this is your project. You follow the baseball team. Have them video the games, give one of the students an opportunity to announce. And then all of a sudden, there we go. We've got a student who's got a project that's benefiting the university and it's not really costing the university a lot of money or no money at all. If you do it under work study. So again, that's just some ideas and some things that I think family baseball should be doing. 
and really great thing to see with FAMU baseball that we're recruiting because FAMU baseball, we did get a signing earlier. We got a young man from uh, Central Florida area, if I remember correctly, about a month or two ago. His name escapes me. He's a pitcher, kind of a multi-position player, but we need more of that, and we're going to get more of it because we did get a, a about two players transfer, uh, and we did lose some guys to graduation. But I, it's going to be fun to see what kind of benefits these type of programs get FAMU in the future and what kind of ways that we can maximize our pursuit of additional funds, if that's the right way to say that, the best way to raise money for FAMU baseball. All right, y'all, we're going to take a break. And this is Fangs Up. All right, y'all, welcome back. And in other news, the FAMU basketball program, the women's basketball program has had a week. I I openly talked about how Scotty from Offscript, he, he got Coach Pillow pretty good. But I like that Coach Pillow, she didn't have a public response. She was just quiet about her. She just didn't say nothing about it. And she comes away and signs three players a week later. I'm here for it. I don't have the little audio thing to like put a clapping sound in there, but keep doing that kind of work. I like people that move in silence. I, I'm sorry. It's, part of me is I'm very much of a move in silence type person. I don't need you to know that I'm coming. I don't I don't need you to know that I'm about to do what I'm about to do. I, I don't need to make it loud, make it known. Just know I'm working. Just know I'm working. I'm working towards a goal. And if you ask me about it, I'll tell you about it. But I'm not gonna scream from the top of my lungs that I got I'm about to do this and I'm gonna do that. I'm not a trash talking cat like that. I'm gonna do it. And that's it. Period. And I I kinda like that. Coach Pillow, I like that. I like that. You signed three players in about a week after getting roasted for doing nothing for the entire offseason. Now, I do want a basketball camp. I feel like there are some good programs there in town. DRS is there. I, I don't understand how that is not a viable option. I wouldn't say to do anything with them, like to partner with, but I would say that should be a place or space that we do something with like there. there's too many local high schools that have young ladies that are looking to play college basketball. You have independent trainers, coach Vaughn that are out there pushing for their young ladies to get opportunities that you can't have a basketball camp charge $50, $60, bring in some schools and have like a mega camp. I'm, I just I like the idea of having a HBCU camp similar to what we had here in Orlando for women's basketball. It's not very often. It's not done very often. Like I don't know any other place besides like AAU where, oh, basketball camp for girls and we're bringing colleges here. That's revolutionary. That's groundbreaking. That's doing something that has never been done before and that's striking while the iron is hot like because nobody's talking about your program they're they're not saying anything good about it but a basketball camp where you bring in 
a couple of other colleges and universities and say, hey, we want to see your skill, your skills. You come get coached by college professionals. That does two things. It builds your relationships with the local high school coaches and any coach that attends. One, it's also during the summer. So people like me that have kids, it gives your kids something to do that gets them out of the house. Lastly, it's going to help you as far as getting exposure for those students, because if you can get the students exposure by having FAMU there, Bethune-Cookman there, FAU, FIU, USF, West Florida, Jacksonville, like all those schools that are in Florida and some of the ones in South Georgia, get some of the Division II schools there as well. All of a sudden, you can get a mega camp there where we got 15, 20 schools here to see your team. And we have a gym. We have a, a basketball facility where we can host multiple teams, have different drills, run throughs, things like that. All of a sudden, it looks really good. I mean, I don't know the logistics of putting that on a campus. I don't know how well you would be able to put that on FAMU's campus per se, but if it is something that could be done on FAMU's campus, you got three gyms. Like, you got three gyms at FAMU. Two on campus, and one, you just use FAMU DRSs. You got the Lawson Center, you got Gaither Gymnasium, and you got FAMU DRS. How do you run that? Glad you asked, because you can actually split Lawson into two gyms, but have Gaither be for certain certain activities this that and the third you could literally split it up where this is your time this is your area this is where you're supposed to be all right from nine to this place from nine to ten that's a little late but you get my idea eight to nine check-ins at the lawson center as they check in you give them goodie bags water a t-shirt have a grand welcoming, have them sit in the bleachers, introduce yourself. Welcome. I'm coach this coach that coach that these are the people that are here. Thank you for coming to the camp here at Florida University. Da, 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 da. This go. There you go. So send everyone out. All right. Then you could have if depending on how large it is, if you get an overwhelmingly large amount of students, you can have some events in Gaither some events in loss, some events in Lawson, and as an emergency, you can have some events at VAMU DRS. That way, you have three basketball gyms, you have all sorts of different everything right in one area, and again, you have an emergency gym. It just it really works out, and you can run the students through the skills, different things like that. I just think that's a viable option and an idea, and if it can't happen at a place like a on-campus event or on-campus space let's see if we can find a area somewhere in the community that has multiple multiple courts multiple gyms or any other place that has multiple basketball playing areas where you can say hey let's do this here we're going to host this we're going to do this and again get the students the exposure the coaches get to meet the coaches i mean get to meet the students and we continue to build our brand and get things out there because now 
what we're seeing is we have students that are transferring in. First one is going to be Yvette, Yvette Subarets, 5'9", guard. She's a junior from Spain. She transfers from Ball State. And to me, she's coming to FAMU to kind of prove herself because at Ball State, her stats were not spectacular. She She's not getting more than 10 points a game. And I, I don't know if she's here for depth because that was a problem last year. FAMU definitely had a depth problem. We had too many players when COVID was hot that weren't playing. I, it, it was just it was a major issue to have so many players that were on the basketball team not be available. I, I mean, the, the, the old adage is sometimes the best of ability is availability. And it was true. We didn't have enough players to field a competitive roster at times last season. And it was detrimental to the success of the basketball team. You're not going to win a game against 10, 15, 10 to 12 players when you're playing with seven. You're just not. So I'm wondering how that's going to work for you that I, I feel like she's going to get a chance to play here. And that's probably why she comes here. Like just being real, like I didn't really get to watch her play, but I got hope for her. The other one is Molly James and Molly James is a five, nine guard from Bristol, England, Charnwood college. And she was on the FIBA European championships team in 2020, but she didn't get to play. And when I looked at her film, she seemed like she's a bit of a shooter and I'm here for it. I, I want her to be a player that can help us score, can help us win. And, that is something that I'm here for. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, I, I'm excited because ooh, MJ got a signing. So I'm going to share that in a minute. But we're able to see that FAMU continues to look for the best players, but we got a player that fits a need. And FAMU needed scoring last year. I said in the, in the previous episode when I talked about the, the other signing, FAMU needs somebody that can score. And I just talked about my favorite score from this past season. But FAMU needs players who can get buckets. Because if we're not getting buckets, we're getting L's. I don't know about you, I'm tired of catching L's. And even though this is Coach Pillow's second season, a new athletic director is going to be looking for two things. Wins and more wins and money. So really, it's wins and money. That's really what you're looking for. Because the... Interim athletic director already pointed out we we got to get the APR for the football program, so I'm going to need some money there. But then secondly, I got to get some wins because the men's basketball team is winning. They won last season. They had a good season. Women's basketball team, women's basketball team did not win. That could affect your ability to keep your job if there's money in the budget. Now, will there be problems with money in the budget? Very likely because you got to pay off Gaucher. I mean that there's. There's some money that supposedly he's owed there. And FAMU has a terrible history with firing people and having to pay people like C. Earl Holmes, C. Clemens Johnson. We've done this a lot as far as having to pay people after they've left FAMU. Like FAMU, we keep dead money like like some of these pro football teams. Like, oh, that's dead money. We can't do anything with it. So we're still paying somebody that doesn't work here. I see. Let's hope 
that we are able to not do that. Like, let's hope Coach Pillow is able to have a good season, continue to bring in some recruits, maybe do some revolutionary things and have some camps, have some mega camps. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying Valdosta State, Jacksonville, UNF, all these schools aren't really out recruiting us. But if you come together as the smaller schools in the state, you can host events and all of y'all can talk to players and say, okay, we're spotting some students. Let's all get our programs, initiatives, and outlooks out there and continue building upon the recruiting success that we've had. So I, I'm wanting to see more from FAMI women's basketball, but I'm, I'm glad that I'm not seeing stagnation. And I love that Coach Pillow is working kind of in silence. I, I, I like that. I, I'm very appreciative that she didn't come back out there and try to clap back. I like that she's just like, okay, you guys don't think I'm very good. Just wait. Watch me work. I'll work in silence. And when I win, then that's my way of proving you that I was right. And I like that. I, I'm not saying she will win. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that that's the mindset that I feel like I'm getting from her right now. And just in the one time I've met Coach Pillow and I'll be honest, I haven't met her like 75 times. I've met her once. I met her at the Will Packer event. She was so nice. She was very sweet, lovely, lovely personality and just kind of has that quiet, calm, like I know what I'm doing. I can do this kind of demeanor from when I met her and hopefully I'll get to meet her again and hopefully get on the show. I'm going to see if I, who I can bother on campus about that because right now I'm not going to lie. I kind of like, I'm liking, I'm liking that from coach pillow because I see a little of myself in that. And we always like when we see a bit of ourselves and others, because she was a good basketball player in college, but university of Kentucky, I believe Tennessee. I don't remember off the top of my head. SEC though. She played in the SEC and she was dominant for a while. She came from Kentucky. I think she played at Tennessee under um oh the the lady who passed. I, I can't remember her name right now. Pat Summit, I believe. I believe it was Pat Summit. Uh but that being said, Coach Pillow gets two big signings in the past couple of days. Three this week, four transfers total. That is almost flipping the roster. I said she needed to do that. Many of you probably at the barbershop said the same thing. She's flipped the roster. Congratulations, Coach Pillow. And before I finish talking about uh, family basketball, especially women's basketball, I see it just popped up on my Twitter line. Uh, MJ Randolph is going to land representation with one sports management. And yet he now is agent. So he's not coming back to family. So, it's official. MJ is definitely not coming back to FAMU because he now has an agent. And once you sign with an agent, you're not supposed to be able to come. But you never know with how NIL works. Mm. Anyways, uh, we're going to take a break and pause for the calls on that. And we're going to get ready to return where we're going to talk about who's the man, the top returning defensive lineman in the Rattlers Den or in the Den. It's not the Rattlers Den. The Rattlers Den is on campus. It's just in the Den. All right. Fangs up. All right, y'all, welcome back. We're going to finish the show up by going inside the Rattlers Den. Who's the man? Who are the top three returning defensive linemen that you need to know about? And I'm not going to lie, y'all, this this was kind of fun. 
I've enjoyed this little segment just because I just like I just like it. I like to see who's that dude. Who who's that dude that comes off the bus that you need to know about? First one is going to be number ninety one. Don't let the name fool you. Gentle Hunt. He's a 5'11", 290-pound defensive tackle. He's a redshirt sophomore. Y'all think about that. This kid was a redshirt sophomore, redshirt freshman last year. He's a redshirt sophomore this year. We need some NIL money. (laughs) Quick. Uh, But he's from High Springs, Florida, and he attended Gainesville High School. They are the Hurricanes. And he played last year in 10 games. He had 18 solo tackles by himself. He had nine assisted tackles. That's a total of 27. I didn't do the math. I ain't a lot of y'all. I create Google spreadsheets and I put math equations in there so that when I enter one field and enter another, it just does the math for me because I don't feel like doing that kind of work. And he had a total of five sacks, one fumble recovery that you definitely remember. And he scored a touchdown on that fumble recovery in the Florida Classic in the most cathartic victory of the last 10 years. My child had never seen FAMU beat Bethune-Cookman. That's how I felt about it. Appreciate y'all. Um, but General Hunt, is, you got to know who he is. He, he, you're going to know where he is on the field. I anticipate him getting some type of double teams this year, so... I really hope he's he's working in the gym. I, I've seen where the guys have been putting in work, and I'm going to encourage Gentle Hunt, make sure if you are not on it, make sure that you are in the weight room because I anticipate you're going to see a lot of double teams this year, especially with the loss of Savian Williams. They're going to look to the left and look to the right and say, okay, who did y'all bring in? And... Okay, Isaiah Land's out there, but he's an edge rusher, kind of linebacker-ish. We don't know. Who do you got up the middle? Expect to be challenged. I'm I'm just going to say that. I think Gentle Hunt is going to be challenged a lot by a lot of teams just because they're going to want to see, was it a fluke? Was that just a freshman that got lucky? Was that a freshman that worked hard? Like, what, What was the thing about that guy that made him stand out? And... I don't know. I'm just going to be honest. I don't know. And it's not because it's not because I don't think highly of the student athlete. I I think he's great. I mean, I think he's a really good player. It's just because I haven't been in the weight room. For me, a lot of preseason is just being there. I'm not in the weight room watching them and over their shoulders and seeing what kind of reps they're putting in. And they don't put a lot of the videos up either. So, I'm not able to give you an accurate depiction of how much is going on, but I can definitely say from what I've seen from the voluntary workouts, I'm, I'm impressed. And I think that good things are likely to happen. So it, it's, it's going to be interesting, but I, I do think general hunt's going to see a lot of double teams. Uh, it's just me. You're not going to be a player that has those kind of statistical numbers and does that much and not expect to get a lot of work done. That that's just a lot of double teams. It's gonna come. Like expected. Just just be ready for it, gentlemen. Don't be upset. Just know you're gonna see a lot of more lot more double teams this year than you did last season. 
Another guy, though, and he may be able to help Geno out, Stanley Mentor, 6'2", 320-pound. He's a registered senior from Orlando, Florida. He attended Lane College before attending Florida Indian University. And here in Orlando, he attended Maynard Evans High School, which is in the Pine Hills area of Florida It's uh, or of the city, which it, it, it's, it can be a tough neighborhood. Um, the people don't know how to walk across the street. I will say that. People get hit all the time over there because... They don't pay attention to the walk signs. I, and I said that on purpose. Uh, but Mentor played in 10 games. He had six solo tackles, seven assists. That gives him a total of 13 by my math, two and a half sacks. And one of the things with that is with Mentor, and he's number 98 last year, is that that is a guy that can eat up some blocks. I'm just saying a dude that six two three twenty. if he's if he's in the weight room doing his work and doing what he needs to do, that's a guy that can help with the double teams that that's that's just I'm just that that's just what it needs to be. You need a guy that 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 is that big that is being treated almost like a three four defensive tackle that comes in there to eat up blocks because. If he can eat up a double team, that frees up General Hunt, that frees up Isaiah Land, and it's going to give us a lot of opportunities to really be able to just just have more opportunities to get to the quarterback. I mean, FAMU doesn't run a revolutionary defense. It's nothing that is like very like, oh my gosh, this is so complicated. But the success of the defense is in its simplicity it's hey we're going to cover you we're going to blitz you and we're going to play hard those defense it there's i don't see a ton of exotic blitzes but again that's somewhat my lack of expertise fully with defense as far as x and o's and everything else but none of it looks like oh man like we were hiding this guy this guy like nah it's this is our guy Man up, it is what it is, and I want to see what it looks like. I, I I'm definitely wanting to see what this is going to be like as far as being able to protect our linebackers because part of the work of a defensive tackle is to make it so that the linebackers can make tackles and so that they can play in open spaces, and also it's so that the defensive ends can put pressure on the tackles. And things of that nature, which is going to be interesting. And I really feel like having a 6'2", 320-pound <laughs> defensive lineman is a good thing to especially go along with your 5'11", 290-pound lineman who might be touching 300 by the season. And honestly, I, I don't know if I want General Hunt at 300 pounds, if I'm being real. I kind of like General Hunt if he can stay at that 290 area to become kind of an Aaron Donald type of guy. Aaron Donald's not huge. He's muscular as heck. Like the brother is that brother is a straight muscle, but he's not a 320 pound guy. Like I'm going to look it up real quick, but he's nice size. He's six one two eighty. He's just built like a freak. Like he's chiseled from granite. 
to me that that screams General Hunt's size. That's your archetype. You're 5'11", 290. So you're two inches shorter, 10 pounds heavier. Lean out in the gym and you're probably 5'11", maybe 5'10", 285, ripped like ripped like Jesus, as some folks would say. I'm just saying. And that's where Mentor comes in, 6'2", 320. Stay 320. He looks solid in his picture. But go to the FAMU athletic website. 62320 benching a good weight pushing squatting pretty well yeah you got a strong interior line there now the last guy that you're going to talk about is Justin Cooks he's number 57 he is a redshirt junior from Tampa Florida 65245 so that screams defensive end to me from Durant High School and again I don't really see that he is a guy that you're going to put on the interior line. I'm I'm hoping he's not hoping he's an end and he can kind of push through Uh, because six, five, two, forty five is kind of lean for a tackle. Not kind of that's lean for a tackle. I love him coming off the edge, though. I love him coming off the edge and a guy like that. Six, five, two, forty five. Put Isaiah Lamb behind him. And let Justin Cooks and the uh, the other guy's mentor come up and eat up blocks. And then that frees up opportunities for Isaiah Land to get to the quarterback. Just saying, these are some of the ideas. Because a 6'5 guy, that's, that's tall. A lot of these quarterbacks in the SWAC, they're 6'1", 6'2". Not a lot of 6'7 quarterbacks in this conference. A guy that tall pulling, getting his hands in the air, all of a sudden you're talking about a guy that with his hands in the air, that's almost seven feet probably. Like, that's imposing. And the guy's a junior. Like, he's got some ways to go. And he was good last year. Y'all, he plays in 10 games. And out of those 10 games, he has four solo tackles, seven assists. Uh, and that gives him a total of 11, 11 tackles. And I missed that he had a forced fumble. Like I had to click on his bio. He got a forced fumble too. So I'm just saying, y'all, FAMU's defense is, they're pretty good. I, and these are the top three guys that are returning that you need to know about. Now they're going to be, I got two. I got, I, I got a solid two for next week, but maybe three that you need to look out for because FAMU's defensive line, got more in the summer uh, we 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 I, I i struggle to say we got better because I'm not gonna lie to y'all Savian williams was my favorite defensive lineman on the football team last year he he was that was my favorite player i, I got to take a picture i wasn't cheesing like a little girl but i was i was like that's my guy that's my favorite dude on the defensive line that's my favorite one um but I'm just saying we're going to be pretty good. Like there's going to be a drop off because that, that dude was a monster. I, I mean, that, that dude was absolute just dominant force when he was on the field, but you got some guys coming in that if they can keep their noses clean and, and stay in the classroom are going to be really good. And we're talking about, and there's going to be some competition to get on that field from the defensive end spot off talent. Now, 
we'll see if talent turns into production because hard works beat beats talent when talent doesn't work as hard. We know that. That's that's a that's an undeniable fact. But FAMU's got some guys on that defensive line that are worth talking about and worth your attention and that are going to be guys that you definitely need to know about and that we're going to talk about. We're going to mention them, and, yeah, it's going to be exciting and fun time to be had. But your top three dudes that you need to know about that are returning, General Hunt, the man who ran that touchdown back against Bethune-Cookman, Stanley Mentor, the redshirt senior from Orlando High School's own Maynard Evans High School. If you say Maynard Evans, we know you're not from from Orlando. It's just Evans. But Maynard Evans High School. And last one is Justin Cooks. He's from Durant High School in Tampa, Florida. So look out for those three guys. That is number 57 right there. That is also number 91 and number 98. So look for those three guys, not in that exact order. Cooks is 57. Mentor is 98. And Gentle Hunt is number 92. One says 91, one says 92. So, but check them out. Those are the three guys that you need to keep an eye out for in this upcoming season. And that, y'all, that is our podcast episode, y'all. I appreciate it. As always, thank you for your timing. And if you did watch the YouTube broadcast, I appreciate it. Uh, we, we got some things we're still working on, y'all. We got some folks that are supposed to be joining us rather soon and looking forward to having some additions to just liven up the broadcast and keep it talking about FAMU and how amazing the product is. And again, next next week, well, this week actually, on Thursday, we're going to talk about who are the guys you need to know about. And pretty soon, we're going to start our preseason breakdowns of the football season. We're going to start with the University of North Carolina. And what are some of the ways that we think this game is going to play out? How does it work in family's benefit and how does it not because there's a lot of not there but thank y'all for listening this is always going to be fangs up